Welcome back to Grace Stories. This is Garrett, and we're just so glad that you're joining us again. Uh, We've been getting a lot of good responses from these. If you haven't heard the one with Rod and Cindy in this very room, uh, (laughs) we did that a while back, and I would highly encourage you to go back and look at it. And also, before we even start, uh, if you're not subscribed, I would really encourage you to subscribe. If you don't have a YouTube account, maybe you have a Gmail account, maybe you can make a YouTube account. You know, it, if you're wanting to see some of the things that we're doing that maybe are a little bit longer, maybe they're not as much of announcements, you know, a lot of that stuff might end up on YouTube more so than anywhere else like Facebook or Instagram. And so I just really encourage you uh, to subscribe. And also if you're, you know, watching the sermons online and you're subscribed, they're going to show up there as well. And you're going to see our worship services on Sunday. Uh, So thank you for the people that have subscribed, push notifications, all of that stuff and uh, thank you to the people that are doing it right now because I know that you will <laughs> I trust that you will obey Jared <laughs> um, and <clears throat> with all of that said this week uh, I thought it might be interesting to talk about the the book that we have been um Paired with our our sermon series, it's it's called Enthroned. A lot of you may have it, uh, and I figured this week we could talk about what led to it, what it was like, some of the the story behind the book, and this may motivate some of you that haven't gotten it to maybe go ahead and 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 get this. Um, and so I have with me the people that are. Their names are on the cover, Rod <laughs> and Jared. Um, and one of the first questions, and you can both, I'm sure you have different perspectives on this, but what what was the motivation? What kind of inspired you or spurred you to um, write what you did or or to put this book out with the sermon series? And it could even be what spurred you guys to to think about this sermon series and, and that. Well, yeah, I mean, to, to back up just, just a little bit, every fall we do a spiritual growth series. And uh, we've done so many different topics over the years from how to serve the city to, I think many, many years ago, we did the, um, the, the series on 40 days of purpose, you know, so every every fall we we do that and it's a, a chance to get people back from the summer get them on the same page about about what our focus is what our ministry focus is what our ministry vision is and for the past few years it's been um it's been things like prayer and gratitude and so when i was thinking about this this coming upcoming series uh i just really felt kind of compelled to make sure we do something on worship because uh, i feel like god is really growing us as a congregation um, you know, Jared has been doing an amazing job moving our congregation into a place where I think we're encountering the presence of God in some really fresh ways. And so this seemed like a great time to do a series on, uh, on worship. Mm. So, so, you know, yeah, we, we tend to do different things. We'll have series maybe where we're talking about a book of the Bible. And then we have some of these in the fall where it's maybe a little more topical. Right. Um, and so, uh, the, the decision was made to talk about worship. Now, what, what inspired 
the idea of of this as a material to go along with the series. And, and in the past, we have done different things, uh, whether it's maybe uh, questions that go along with it, uh, CDs, notebooks, you know, we've, there's, there's been some, you know, a precedent for things like that, but a, a book uh, that um, is not just a series of questions or, or something like that. It's a lot so, different. Yeah. I mean, I got a call from a friend of mine who, who is, uh, was new in the publishing business and he contacted me about the possibility of publishing through their, through their new publishing company. And he had done this in such a way that, um, that we could, we could take content, upload it to their website. And it was a, just an amazing system. And so I thought, okay, so we will experiment with this and we will take the messages for the fall series. We'll, we'll, we'll create a book. And so one day I went into Jared's office and I said, hey, what would you think about us doing a book in preparation <laughs> for the fall series? You know, no big deal. <laughs> and so we had a great time talking about it and bedded, bedded that around. I, I don't know how you felt when I came in and talked about that, but that was kind of a fun conversation. That was fun. I, um, so my personal involvement, I, I felt like uh, at the beginning of the year that God was like calling me to the discipline of writing. And so I had been writing uh, these devotionals um, specifically about the difference between worship, you know, when we're gathered as a congregation and when we're just by ourselves. And um, I didn't really know why I was writing them or what they were for, um, but I just felt like I was, you know, being obedient. and. Uh, and then Rod came in and said, "Hey, let's let's talk about a book." And I was like, "Oh, well, maybe <laughs> this is why." Mm. I, I realized that when I when I popped that question, I thought this can be a heck of a lot of work. Mm. It's going to be a lot of work. And uh, but I knew I had I had two weeks in Seattle where I could I could I could put it all together, mm. uh, Lord willing. And um, that that was an interesting two weeks because I spent the first week taking the stuff that I had, I had written, you know, and, and stripping out all the things in there that were like message things and really getting it into a chapter form. And then the second week I realized, okay, I'm going to have to learn how to use this program. And, uh, Monday morning, uh, you know, got up, I'm in Seattle. I'm thinking, okay, here we go. I learned this program. And, um, and I think I got it within three or four hours and, you know, I'm not like, a natural program guy, but the program is pretty good to use. And I felt like it was just, it just really flowed. And, um, and so it was, it was a far easier process than, than I envisioned when mm -hmm. I first launched into it. Yeah. And, and so you referenced a little bit of, of making this different than just, you know, your sermon manuscripts mm -hmm. for people that, don't know. I I know this that you write out your sermons, a, a full manuscript, and and there's you know a word count that usually you're kind of hitting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and and for those of you that have actually um, you know bought this and delved delved into the the different aspects of it, you know, um, speak to people who may maybe are thinking, you know. Well, I can just get the notes on the website, or is this just like, is this just like the the update that they used to put out with with the notes section, just bound in a in a paperback form? I and mean, part of what we wanted to do with this was we wanted to make this so it was highly readable, 
and it could be read in conjunction with uh, with the series. But also, if the series is over and people you know, want to grab the book, they grab the book and and get a lot of, get a lot a lot out of it. I think the main thing is we wanted to give people a vision for what what does it mean to have a heart for worship and build a lifestyle where you know worship becomes central and integral to all to all that we do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as Jared and I were, we're talking about titles, um, I think we bat around a lot of ideas and um, tell me why you, why you thought the title in the throne. I mean, we, we kind of bat around a lot of ideas and, and we, we, I think, I think you were the one that settled in on saying, boy, I really like that enthroned title. That's, that really resonates with me. I really liked it because we, you know, we talk about, you know, obviously, you know, God is the one that we worship on Sundays, but just through the course of our lives, we place different things, you know, on the metaphorical throne of our hearts. And, um, you know, we're all created worshipers. And so we're worshiping something all mm-hmm. the time. And um, so I just like that overall uh, idea of, you know, who is on the throne of your heart every day and what does that look like to worship him in all these different kinds of ways. And that's kind of what we get to explore in a lot of different ways and a lot of the different chapters is you know, worship is more than, you know, just music or Sunday morning or something that you do at church. And um, so I thought it just really kind of encapsulated the whole thing really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So obviously if you're picking this up and, you know, knowing that a, you, you can engage with this, with the sermon. And I think it can bring a, a, a different aspect to that and engage people in a way that, you know, I, in, in our society, in our culture, I think so. people are so used to, I worship on Sundays mm-hmm. and then I go home and I work and I, mm-hmm. I you know, get the ki- kids fed, I do homework, you know, whatever. And then I come back and I worship again on, on Sunday. Maybe if I'm feeling, you know, up to it, I might do it during the week in my small group or like on a Wednesday night service or something like that. And so I think that this challenges that that thought process a little bit yeah because you're do you're you're engaging with this you know throughout the week with the sermon and you can always go back and watch the sermons again mm-hmm. and, and engage with those again um but you know and and maybe you both can speak to this on 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 both aspects you know um you know, the, there's also other things in there, like like the devotionals and things like that. And so, you know, for people who are, might be thinking either, A, I don't necessarily want to go back and watch the sermons again, or or B, well, the sermon series is is halfway through, you know, is it really worth getting um, right now? You know, what are what are some of the, the other things that this can help challenge people? So we wanted this to be you know, basic discipling and mentoring for worship. And so somebody, somebody could take, pick this up and go, okay, so what, what, you know, what is, what is God's vision for worship? And we wanted to base it on, you know, the Psalms and on other passages in the, in the Bible, but, you know, to back up a little bit, you know, I'll tell you where my heart for worship comes from. When I first came to Christ in high school, I was invited to a Bible study in Thienesville, Wisconsin. And that Bible study had amazing worship from my 16 year old mindset. And I can remember, there were easy songs to listen to. There were easy songs to remember. They were different than the hymns that I had been used to hearing and singing. I, I, st- I like hymns, but they were different. And I found myself going back to high school 
And I'd be walking down the hall and I'd be singing these songs. And I, what I realized was that um, I was learning what it was to be filled with the Holy Spirit because part of the outflow of the filling of the Holy Spirit is, you know, spontaneously singing psalms and hymns mm -hmm. and spiritual songs. And so I'm thinking, oh, okay, so this is like, like part of what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And so worship became a big deal for me uh, for you know, the first three or four years of me being a, a, a Christian. So then fast forward to another pivotal time in our lives, we moved to Baltimore. And, uh, and now there's a whole new iteration of the worship movement. And I'm learning new songs and those songs are really powerful for me you know, at that time. And God, you know, God did a fresh thing in, in my life during that time. So I, yeah, I've got my high school experience. I got my experience, you know, when we're a family of six and we've moved to this new city. And, you know, when Jared came um, a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. um, I feel like God moved me into a new, you know, place of worship because of just the gifts that God's given to him, um, the spirit that he builds into it. And so, you know, part, part, of, part of my hope was that people would start to see worship as a lifelong growth in connecting to God. And, you know, when I was in Baltimore and I was in, I was in my, mid, my mid 30s, worship music was my lifeline while we were going through kind of a transitional period of our, in our lives. And I look back at that and think if, if I did not have worship music during that time, I don't, I don't know where I would have been because, because that, that's what centered me. And I feel like I'm in in a new place like that today, you know. And so part of, part of the genesis for this, you know, for this was some of the things that I felt like God was doing in my life mm -hmm. that flowed out of His ministry among us. That I think all of us at Grace have said, "Yeah, I mean, we're in a we're in an exciting new place in worship." Yeah. How how maybe did some of your background or some of the ways you think about worship impact the way that maybe you, uh, you know, wrote the devotionals or did some of those things? Uh, and, and what are your, what's your hopes for people that are engaging with that part of it, even after the sermon series is over with? Yeah. The, the devotionals, uh, started out of this, <clears throat> I was kind of just battling with this idea of, uh, you know, people oftentimes on Sunday mornings will say worship was really good today. And I know what they mean. You know, they're just saying thank you and, and wanting to have a conversation about worship. But I felt like it was getting so compartmentalized to Sunday morning and to a certain time on Sunday morning, you know, that they, that it, worship was in this little bitty, you know, you could hold it in your hand and it was good. Check. I'm going to go back to my life and maybe I'll, I'll find God or I'll see God or I'll have godly conversations, but I'm not necessarily, I don't see that I'm worshiping throughout my week or throughout, you know, different uh, relationships and opportunities. And so I started writing hope really to kind of push myself and, and reminding myself that it's not just Sunday morning. It's not just when you're singing, um, but you can worship God in so many ways. Um, and kind of getting that line for me of, you know, what does it mean to worship God? What does it mean to praise God? And just fleshing out those things into my life so that I wasn't, you know, just um, worshiping on Sunday morning when it was my job. Um, 
And I wanted to, you know, address, uh, you know, things that people have said around our church, you know, like, well, what if I don't, what if I don't sing well, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and kind of demystify some of those things and, you know, encourage them that they are just as capable and as beautiful of a worshiper as somebody who loves to sing or can play an instrument or, um, so it was kind of defining things for myself and also trying to encourage myself and others mm. in just the whole process. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, and and this has probably happened because of, you know, the way uh, Christian culture has changed, you know, before my lifetime. <laughs> um, and the idea of compartmentalizing worship to a genre Mm-hmm. <laughs> of of music rather than a lifestyle mm-hmm. you know and and whether you're talking about like experiences that you maybe had in baltimore or the way that you're you know experiencing the way you see your own own uh career vocation or calling as as something that's different than just a specific thing that you're doing a specific time <clears throat> a specific place but it can be something that's so much richer uh, than that. Yeah, well, and one of the things we bring out in the book is is some of the science based studies on singing and especially on corporate and corporate singing. Mm-hmm. So there's there's been these studies on on what happens when people sing together. So there was a there was a researcher that that studied uh, choir c- choirs all over Canada, and one of the things he found was that was that as choirs would sing together. Uh, certain things would happen neurologically in the brain. One of those things was the production of oxytocin. You know, the brain, uh, the brain hormone, the hormone that that is the cuddle hormone, the love hormone. And he was saying that as these choir members would sing, oxytocin was was produced, and they would feel this deep connection with each other mm-hmm. as they as they were singing. Well, obviously that that wonderful bit of scientific information applies to local churches. So we, we have, um, I don't know, I don't know, three, I don't know how many thousands of hundreds of thousands of churches around our, our country alone. And presumably when people engage in corporate singing, there is that production of oxytocin creating loving bonding feelings between the people who are involved in worship. Uh, the other thing that this researcher discovered was that as people sang together, that there was a, a synchronicity in, in their brain uh, functions that could be measured. And so here we talk about, you know, Ephesians 4, you know, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We have this, this objective unity, you know, in the body of Christ with Christ at the head. And one of the things corporate worship does neurologically is it brings us into a place of unity where there's there's emotions connected, you know, there's the truth that's being expressed in the song and the ultimate desire is that God will be glorified. So not only do we have the Bible giving us these hundreds of commands to sing, but the God who gave those commands also uh, embedded into us some brain chemistry mm-hmm. that has all sorts of, of benefits to us. So, uh, yeah, I have a great voice. Jared's got a, an amazing voice, you know, but as, as I use the voice that God gave me, you know, I'm going to be tapping into some of the benefits of that brain chemistry that allows me to feel unified with, with different people. Mm. Yeah. So thinking about some of that and, and the, the whys behind this and, and the project, um, 
could could both of you speak to some of the challenges that you faced trying to put this together, you know, either the writing or any aspect of it and what those challenges looked like and, and how it, uh, you know, shaped the way you felt about the final product, so to speak. Um, well, it was, it's been a while since, uh, I was in school. So it's the (laughs) longest, uh, document that I've worked on in my personal life in many years. Um, So there was just the actual like work part of it. But for me, you know, I think that especially because personally I was, you know, felt like I was following God's leading and just being obedient and, you know, didn't really understand why I was writing all these things. I was specifically writing about, you know, what it was like to be gathered in worship and scattered in worship. And then literally weeks later, COVID comes and why would you even be writing about gathered worship? That makes no sense. And I was like, this is, this is just, you know, dumb and nobody's, you know, it's not worth anything and you're just, you know, you're writing. And so then, you know, God kind of worked that out and was like, well, maybe it's for this purpose, you know, to encourage your local church and worship. And so as I kept going, you know, I think that, uh, there was a lot of just, um, doubt and follow through that, you know, as a 40 year old man, does your experience and and the way that you have come to know God through these scriptures and through these types of worship, does it matter? And does anybody want to hear it? (laughs) And, um, you know, realizing that that's not the, that wasn't the point for me. Uh, the point was to be, uh, just pleasing to God and just honest about, you know, what he's taught me in my life and hoping you know, that just being real about it, people would be able to uh, maybe be encouraged themselves. Mm. You know, I think for me, I, I process through writing and I, I, I learn through writing. So, I, I mean, I write, you know, 5,000 words a week, um, probably 40 weeks a year. Love it. I journal in addition to that. I mean, I just love, love to write. And so, you know, a lot of times in my journaling I feel like the Lord will bring to mind certain things that I've learned. He'll connect them to the word. And then I will try to live those things out. And uh, and this is a little weird for people to think about, but I, I always try to be a month ahead in my, in my messages. So, you know, I've got a month's worth of messages that I've, I planned ahead. And I do that because I want to, I want to be able to apply the things that I've written about as opposed to going, yeah, you know, this is my message for this week. I don't know anything about what I've just told you, but you know, I mean, I want to really apply that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, for me, part of this series on worship was, was me reflecting on the things that I have been learning and growing into as Jared has been here and God has significantly, you know, done great things within our, our worship. He's done good things in me as a result of it. And so, you know, one of the things we talk about, you know, is a personal worship in chapter two. And uh, my personal worship gets enhanced the more I excel in corporate worship. So I feel like corporate worship is a training ground mm-hmm. for me to be a better private worshiper. But the better private worshiper I am, the more heart I bring into my corporate worship, right. you know, so there's a, there's a wonderful circular 
way that that feeds into each other for me. And I think that's really true for, I mean, I think that's really the biblical paradigm that I, I, I go as a young believer, I learn the worship songs, I inculcate those into my life. I begin to, you know, to worship privately in those. I come back to corporate worship. I, I'm now more passionate about what I'm singing. I just think that's the that's the paradigm. I think it's, I think it's the biblical paradigm. Mm-hmm. I think David reflects that wonderfully in Psalm 63. And so we talk about private worship, you know, in there, but also the importance of being involved in corporate corporate mm-hmm. worship. Yeah, you know, speaking to to the fact that you know having having people know that you're preparing a month ahead i mean and and i think a similar thing with the way that you're writing the devotionals god's challenging you guys in the moment through through those things and 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 i think that you know if if as as pastors or leaders if you weren't being challenged in those ways and god wasn't pushing you in in those ways then you know that the impact that you'd be able to have on others would probably be diminished and it wouldn't be sure. uh, as great and so i th- you know the being able to to admit that i'm i'm growing in this in this way or in this skill and i'm learning how to be able to do these things and and especially right now during during the the uh, turmoil of covid we're all learning how well, to <laughs> and, and speaking of covid you know th- there were times where only the three of us were in the worship center when we were when we were doing the, the the recording, you know. And so, you know, I I know that it was hard on you to to lead worship, you know, because nobody was in the auditorium. You knew people were watching, were going to be watching online. So, and you were running around doing the tech stuff. So I was the lone worshiper in 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 the, in the worship center. And I mean, there were times where okay, I was I was in the moment, you know. I had my arms raised. I was I was in the moment. And, um, you know, it was, it was ministry to me during this really, really crazy, chaotic time. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways that stretched the three of us For sure. into realizing that, you know, part of, part of worship in the new, what's going to become is becoming the new normal is that there are people who are deeply blessed by receiving the worship that we do but they receive it online in their living room or their den or, 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 or wherever it is. And they're engaging with the Lord because they've told us that. They told you that, I know. They're engaging with the Lord in mm-hmm. significant ways. And so I think part of, part of our learning, speaking for myself in the context of you guys, our learning is that, you know, God is really expanding um, our vision for what he can do when things get crazy and things get shut down. Mm. Yeah. So to, to think about that camp on that a little bit more, you know, what this, this has been out for a little while. Uh, you know, what are some of the things that you guys have heard or what, what are some of the things that have happened, um, after this that have really encouraged you, uh, to, to think about, uh, this is something that, you know, was definitely, um, a God moment or, or something that, you know, God is using either in your own lives or in the lives of other people that you've heard. I, uh, I mean, just the other day, uh, somebody sent me a message and, um, they were just explaining that they had had kind of a time of personal worship. Um, 
and were bowing before the Lord and had never done that in their house. <laughs> They'd never gotten on their knees and prayed and uh, just ascribed to God his goodness in their life. And so they were just, you know, kind of telling me how transformative that was for them and how it changed the entire perspective of their day, of how they were dealing with their kids. And to me, that's like that kind of, uh, you know, story is like, well, that was all worth it because, you know, I've had so many of those in my life that have really shaped me. And it's the culmination of all those experiences with God that really shaped me into the man that I am now. And so if I can, you know, just remind somebody, Hey, it's, it's a, you, you can bow in your closet, you know, you can, uh, do these things and it encourages them to do that. Then, um, man, that's so worth it for me. Well, you know, one of the things we have in here that we have takeaways, you know, and, and some of the takeaways are things like that. You know, we talk about using your body in, in worship, whether it's bowing or lying, you know, prostrate on, on the floor, you know, and arms out, you know, and, so I think people have, t- have used those takeaways mm-hmm. to try things that may have been out of their comfort zone previously. One of the other things that I've been really encouraged about is thinking about moms and dads of young kids mm-hmm. and how singing to young kids is a form of worship that trains and mentors those young kids. So um, like, I just think we live in the best day ever for being a grandparent because, uh, you know, because my, my kids you know, send us videos. And so uh, one of my best videos are when my daughter will send me videos of her singing to her infant son mm-hmm. uh, or daughter. And then that little son or that little son or daughter, my, my grandchild is mouthing those words, you know, trying to do something with voices and things like that. And they're, and I'm thinking, okay, so this is where worship begins, mm-hmm. you know? And so the last time I got a video from my daughter, I've watched that so many times, but yeah, I I had a memory and my memory was that my mom did the same thing for me Mm -hmm. and uh, she would pray with me before bed and she had songs that she would, that she would sing. Um, And I'm thinking, you know, this, this worship thing can be a generational thing where we sing to our kids, we give them a vision for what worship is about. They then do that to their kids because music is such a, there's such a, a, an amazing, it's a, there's a pre-linguistic beauty mm-hmm. to music that we appreciate before we know how to talk. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if parents can, can learn or catch a vision for instilling worship into their kids from in- infancy, that, that has a profound impact, I think, on their discipleship as they grow older. Yeah. You know, the a, a lot of of engaging with God, you know, especially when you guys are talking about it in these ways, like through worship, it's developing these habits, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you think about anything like spiritual formation, spiritual disciplines, uh, and and how I learn how to engage with God, it's just about building habits, you know, and and finding ways to do things that are outside of my normal habits or my normal comfort zone. And, you know, you might, you know, have some of those habits or things on a Sunday morning, but it might be during the week. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, being able to engage with something like this and then see, well, what kind of habits, disciplines can I 
you know, learn or build or engage on, I think that it, it not only helps you, you know, as a, as a person, as an individual, but like you said, it becomes an impact on others, those mm-hmm. around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whether that's directly or indirectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that for people that are listening, I mean, if, if there are things like that, that have shaped you too, like, I know that some of you have shared, um, some of those things, but, you know, continue to, to share with mm-hmm. us the ways that this is shaping you and, um, and, and just building you, uh, what have been some of the, you know, for, for you too, what have been some of the surprises, the things that, that happened that you didn't expect to happen, um, through this? I know, you know, when you engage in a project or if you're embarking on something or, or even I'm sure as you're preparing for a sermon series, you maybe have a lot of expectations, but there might be some things that happen that you didn't expect, um, that obviously can only happen through, through the spirit working in the midst of those situations. So what are, have you guys experienced any of those things? I didn't really, I mean, I think, I think kind of going back to what you said a few minutes ago about, you know, worship has become such a genre and such a a, a thing. And, and so I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so glad, you know, we, we put all of our worship songs on Spotify and, and worship music is more creative and more accessible and better than it's ever been. And all, all these different things. But, um, you know, I was surprised at how much I had kind of, um, my understanding of worship had maybe dimmed a little bit and I had kind of fallen into the trap of, you know, we use these words to define things. And so we talk so much about praise and worship, praise and worship, time of worship. I'm not a worshiper. I'm not a, and it all is like been kind of, uh, narrowed into this, well, I don't like this kind of worship style. And, and I had even kind of started to close in on that a little bit. And so that it really, you know, helped push me to, um, kind of redefine for myself what it, what it meant, um, to worship in general. And, um, I was, I was glad to, you know, have to challenge myself as the worship leader to, um, you know, just think about things in a different way, in a fresh way, realize that there were things, um, you know, that I just, I haven't done in a long time and that God was clearly like, Hey Jared, why aren't aren't you doing, why aren't you doing this? Because, you know, and, and remembering that even though my worship is all for him and focused on him and everything's about him. There are things that intrinsically happen to me. Like you were talking about the singing, like it renews me and remakes me from the inside out and literally changes everything that I am about a person, but it's all dependent on how and how available I think worship to God is or how the different ways that I can do it. And I had, I had sequestered that so much in my life that parts of me weren't growing. I think the mm-hmm. way that God wanted mm-hmm. them to. And so mm-hmm. that was not what I expected. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just mm-hmm. like, write some good devotionals, encourage some people, <laughs> not, you know, run into a wall, uh, you know, but it was good because it required me to grow. Yeah. Doing some of the, some of the, the research for this. One of the things I, I think I realized was that, you know, we, we are living in 
in what is definitely the golden era of worship. Like in, the, in, in human history, there's never been a time where it's so possible to excel in worship. You know, up until David wrote a lot of the Psalms, you know, uh, what, what would you use? I mean, I mean, you, you had your, you had your own little Psalms, but songs, but the Psalms standardized worship for the people of people of Israel. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're there in the biggest way possible where, uh, you can get a, a song like Waymaker that I think was, was, was written in, in Asia, right? Yeah. It was, wasn't here. And, and, and so we're, you know, we're benefiting from, you know, worship that has that international multicultural mm-hmm. influence and and we are in the golden era of of worship in every way but the danger of that is you can become complacent mm-hmm. you can go you know i'm not sure that i like that as much as i like this and i've got i got my own little pet ideas for what i like and it's like wait a second you know the big picture is mm-hmm. we 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 got to seize the privilege of living in this time and and find joy in the fact that we have a multiplicity of worship styles that we can choose from. The other thing I think is really cool is that somebody can come to Oklahoma from Texas, California, Vancouver, Maine, New York, and they'll probably know some of the songs right. that you're singing because of the way CCLI works and and the way there are some worship songs that everybody's going to know because of the way all the, all that works. And so that too is a benefit. It is. And so, you know, I think seizing the day and, mm-hmm. and really embracing the gifts that God has given to us is far better than going, you know, my style preference is uh, not quite that. I think I, we, we become like connoisseurs of worship as opposed to participants mm-hmm. in kingdom uh and and worshiping the king yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah you you definitely can run the risk and it's especially true when it comes to things like music where you become a consumer mm-hmm. <laughs> you know rather than a participant in something like that and when it's all about being fed you know and the ways that that someone can can make me comfortable in whatever way. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the way that just a Sunday service is laid out, or maybe it's the things that are happening. Oh, if, some, if someone's doing this next to me, I don't think that I can, you know, sing this song or, you know, it makes me uncomfortable if someone's, you know, in the back dancing or or, or whatever. But, you know, God's calling people to engage with him in a way and not just to, to sit there as a as a passive consumer mm-hmm. of of music mm-hmm. in 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 general and so you know i i think being able to to think about it in those ways and and to to be challenged in those ways and and having to learn how to do those things from home or in person with a mask on or something that's that's challenging mm-hmm. the way people are seeing some of those things mm-hmm. and um, you know, for, for me, uh, personally, um, I, I don't like to talk about too much of, of me personally, cause it's always about, it's not about me, but, um, <laughs> you know, learning how to, uh, to worship and, and, and continue to worship when so much of my attention is split and divided and, you know, I, on a Sunday morning or when it used to be on a Thursday night and you, you mentioned me running around, um, 
people people can't see, but I'm singing underneath my mask. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know, think about this though. I mean, as our pastor of online ministries, you know, you know, you're facilitating things online, and you're facilitating things online in a way that allow people to participate. You know, so so you know when when you write something, you know, on the Facebook feed or whatever, I mean that that's part of the process inviting people into into mm -hmm. community and and you know it's it's this all works together synergistically you know you talk about worshiping you know with our body you know one of the things people at grace sometimes who are new to grace are, are surprised about is why, why do we like candles to celebrate answer prayer and you know part of the reason is is so that we notice oh yeah god god did answer that prayer for me and then rather than just noticing and go, okay, yeah, I noticed it, you know, getting up out of our seat, going and lighting a candle is a way of, of saying, God, you're, you're really good. And you did answer this prayer and I worship you and I love you. And we're hoping that people at Grace will go, hey, I noticed you lit a candle. I mean, you know, tell me a little bit about the story about that answer prayer, you know, because we, we, if we're just sitting and doing nothing, you know, we're not getting the benefit of the body that God made us. But if we are doing things like raising our hands or, you know, getting up and lighting a candle to celebrate answer prayer, we're doing things with our body mm -hmm. that bring added passion to what's going on inside our soul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, people will always continue to grow in those ways and be challenged in those ways, especially, you know, if you come from a tradition where that's so much harder to do or it's harder to change the way you're seeing that, especially if the style of the music or or the way that the service is laid out is is different. And so, you know, I appreciate that we're able to bring people from a variety of mm -hmm. traditions and backgrounds and, you know, attempt to to do something corporately uh, that God calls us to do. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I think that that's great. And I, and my hope is after this series is done that people are uh, challenged in those ways. And as people continue to engage with something like this book, that that only continues to grow um, real, real quick, you know, uh, I figured that it would be appropriate. Is there, are there, you know, as you're, as you guys were writing this and working on this, are there certain people you guys would like to uh, give a shout out to or, or acknowledge to say, you know, I mean, yes, you know, obviously the, the brunt of this um, happened because of God and the obedience that you guys had to, to write these things and to prepare these things. But um, you know, could you speak a little bit to the people that, you know, in, in whatever way to make, make space available or to do whatever that uh, help facilitate this project? Yeah, it's super easy for me. Um, thanks from, to my wife uh, who read and reread things a million times for me, but also I'm super thankful for Elaine because she, you know, we're, we're built differently. Um, she loves to sing and worship, but she, I see, uh, her worship and her examples of worship in different ways. And, it, and it's, uh, refreshing for me. I also, uh, would want to thank, I had, you know, a handful of, uh, we called them music ministers back in the day. Um, 
but Chris Womack was one and um, Ralph Gibson was one that they gave me the gift of knowing that worship was more than just singing or singing well or playing uh, and really encouraged me in that whole process. And so I, I've always been thankful to me that they gave it away, you know, mm-hmm. that worship to mm-hmm. them wasn't something that they did up on a platform and hoped everybody, you know, got involved in, but they actively gave that to me. And um, the, the thing you were saying about seeing the kids, you know, I love that, that music is so tied to our memory mm-hmm. too, that we can remember things by the songs we listen to when we're there. And so, you know, my parents, you know, I thank them for taking me to church and I can remember certain Sundays. We did mostly hymns in the Baptist church when I was young. And but I can remember certain Sundays, you know, singing how great thou art and as well with my soul and my mom, you know, crying and being touched mm-hmm. in worship. And those moments are like just so solid in my mind that I knew something special and awesome was happening. And so I'm just thankful, you know, that my parents started to instill that thing in me. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you know, um my my wife Cindy is is a worshipper and and one of the high points of my week is that I get to worship with her. Um you know, at least one service every every week on Sundays. And uh, I have just um I've been inspired and encouraged by the way she worships. Mm-hmm. It is really neat for me to see that. And then how she brings that spirit of worship into our marriage and into our family. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter, Sarah, um, is a worship leader in, in Seattle. And uh, she, she when, whenever I start talking to her about, about the subject of the kingdom of God and worship, I'm always, I'm always saying, Hang on a second. I, I need to, I need to get a, bit, a pen and a piece of paper, and I and I I I'm just always writing notes down because of what my my daughter Sarah Sarah says because it's uh, it's it's wise. It's, it's a lot of wisdom there. And then uh, and then my other daughter, we we stayed in their in their um, their Airbnb when we were when I was when I was writing this. And the great thing for me was uh, was was writing and going down, hanging out with the grandkids getting energized, going back up and writing. Oh, that was great. That was like the perfect, perfect writing environment for me. Uh, but, you know, in, in a lot of ways, my, my journey really began with, uh, with my mom singing to me when I, was, when I was a kid. So guess what my habit was when my kids were little? Mm-hmm. I sang. And uh, each of my kids had a song. And I can be with one of my, one of my kids and we'll be singing that song and I'll look over because <laughs> that's, that's our song, you know? And so, so um, yeah, my family's played a pretty powerful role in me being a, a lover of worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, let you guys know there are people um, like Daniel Nettleton yes. who, yep. who did some things. And I know uh, as far as like the editing goes, and I, I think that uh, Cindy, you know, uh, looked over some things yep. um, and uh, Richard Oliver, uh, <laughs> you know, did this cover awesome. and um, awesome with the artwork. And I think it, it captures mm-hmm. a lot of what, uh, you know, you guys are trying to convey. We had a lot of people say, 
that cover makes me want to buy the book. Just yep. I'm, I'm I'm picking that book up. <laughs> and and so you know to to you guys and you know to uh, you know your guys' family. Uh, special shout out to you. And if you are listening to this and you heard your name, you should comment down below <laughs> and and just uh, let people know that this wouldn't have happened without you, uh, you know, because every part of it is, is important uh, to it because these things don't happen in a vacuum. And I think both of us would say, for sure. Thank you to you <laughs> yeah. because the technical magic that you work uh, is just hugely appreciated yes. uh, week to week and especially on Sundays. Yeah. I, I, um, I was a soundboard more than anything else uh, and, and, uh, um, made sure that some of the logistics were, were taken care of. Uh, and, you know, I just felt like it's something that, you know, if, if, if this is something that I feel like the church can benefit from and that mm -hmm. the people in this congregation can grow from, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to facilitate that and make that happen and to make it something, you know, that's done with excellence. And that, that has the, uh, the look and the feel to it that, mm. You know, we're asking people to invest in, in in this, and not just invest their time, invest their their money. And I want that to be something that's that's well worth it, well spent. And so, um, you know, to kind of um, start to wrap things up, uh, you know, for people who they they've made it this far. Um, and maybe they're they're either still on the fence or they're thinking maybe this is something that I need to invest in. Uh, you know what what would be some final thoughts or final words that you guys would have to say to the people that are like listening, thinking about uh, engaging with something like this book? You know, our, our destiny is worship, mm. uh, and having Revelation five nine. You know, we're going to have regular times of of worshiping the risen Christ, and uh, and hopefully what this does is it sets people on a journey that prepares them for something that will be super exciting throughout eternity. If we get excited about upcoming football game or basketball game, you know, um, our encounters with worship in heaven are going to be uh, that excitement times who knows what. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully this gets people launched into a pattern that is um, eternal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I would, I would say, I would say to you all, um, you know, it, if you're willing to spend $5 on a Frappuccino at Starbucks, or you're willing to, you know, spend $10 on something from McDonald's, um, then this would would be a much more sound investment, not only for your spiritual life, but also probably for your health as well. <laughs> and, you know, this is something that I think, uh, you know, it's not limited to a, a season um, because if we're called to worship, we're called to worship. Like you said, it's not just in the here and now, it's not just in the sermon series, uh, but it's something that we're called to engage with in eternity. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we continually will grow in and, and learn to develop and God will continue to challenge us in those ways. And so, um, 
you know, if you're, if you're listening and you're thinking, or, or maybe the spirit's prodding you in a way to think, maybe I, I need to, to learn how to worship in a new way, in a fresh way, mm-hmm. or maybe God's just wanting to challenge me in some of the thought processes that I have or the habits that I've developed. Um, you know, pick this up. There's, uh, we've, you know, I've been amazed. We've shipped these things all over the country, um, to all sorts of different places, different States. Um, and you know, the, the more of these that we're able to, to get out, the more, um, flexible or creative we're going to be able to, to be with the way that we make this available, uh, long-term, uh, because this is something that, uh, for me personally, I don't want it to just last through a sermon series. I want it to be something that um, is accessible and available uh, for people. Um, and right now it's not available on Amazon. Mm. It's just available on our website. Mm. And you've done a great job, you know, with that button, you click enthroned mm-hmm. and you can pick it up on our website. Yeah. Uh, no, no, uh, no Kindle version yet, you know, mm. no audible version yet. Uh, it's only on the website. And uh, so, yeah. And um you know, we're, we're thinking about those things and we're looking at those things about how we can, um, do more. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I would say kind of like this, this will be like the, the legacy piece, uh, there'll never (laughs) be one that's exactly like these. Um, and I believe that you can also grab these, you know, in the description uh, of this video, um, and, uh, maybe even in the show notes of the podcast, um, there'll be links, um, to go directly to the form to pick one of these up. Um, if you have any questions or, or thoughts or concerns about, um, how to get one of these, um, you know, we're shipping them. People are coming into the office and picking them up. I mean, we're being pretty uh, flexible. We're trying to make it as easy as possible. Um, and uh, if you guys are still listening, I just want to say again, thank you. I want to say thank you to you two um, for putting the time into this. It took, you know, a lot of time. You talk about being a month ahead. I mean, we spent a lot more than just a month um, working on this mm-hmm. and getting it ready, not just writing it, but being able to, you know, do the artwork and have the the, the things printed and the forms ready um, so people could buy them. And so, um, you know, this, this was a, a labor of love. And, um, you know, for those of you that uh, have been impacted by this, you know, um, you know, keep, keep sharing those, those ways it has, or, or, you know, maybe even consider, you know, buying a book for someone that, you know, uh, someone that you love. Uh, I know we've shipped a few of those where Mm -hmm. people, um, you know, felt inclined to, to send this to someone that they knew because they thought that they could benefit from something like this. Um, and so, you know, thank you again for, you know, liking these videos, commenting on them, um, sharing them. It's been super awesome to get to do these uh, videos, whether it's devotionals or, you know, these these longer like podcasts and um you know, just make sure if you're, if you're watching, if you're doing these things to, to do all the, the different stuff, you know, like comment, subscribe, give us, you know, reviews, whether that's on Facebook or on, you know, the podcast platforms that you're listening to us on, um, so that other people can 
start to see these things and engage with us, uh, not just in the building, but uh, mm -hmm. engage with us online because we're um, trying to find new ways and think of things to do uh, to just increase the engagement as um, people's lives continue to be disrupted. Uh, you know, we're, we're wanting to find ways that uh, we can um, engage with you and help you encounter uh, God in fresh new ways. And so, uh, you know, we just want to thank you again for listening. And uh, if you have any questions um, or if you want to find out more about what we're about, you can go to our website, gccbartlesville.org. And you can find us on Instagram, Facebook at GCC Bartlesville. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you real soon.